Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Future is Bilingual podcast. My name is Heather, and I'm so happy to be with you guys today, bringing you this episode because I know it's been a long time since I've published an episode. Life has been busy and crazy, but I'm really happy to bring you this episode, this interview with Misty, one of my good friends that I met while studying abroad in France. And she will bring us back to that fateful day when she first arrived in France and realized how different studying French was from living in France. She also hilariously tells us how she met her husband, who is French, and she and I discuss being the non-native parent raising bilingual children and have an honest discussion about how difficult but also how wonderful that can be. And she even teaches me some new words and phrases in French that I hadn't heard before. So make sure you stay tuned all the way to the end to hear those. And I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Future is Bilingual podcast. Today, I'm very excited because I'm sitting with a good friend who I lost contact with for many years. Misty, welcome to the Future is Bilingual. Thank you so much, Heather. So why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, who you are, who's in your family? Okay. Um, yeah, so I'm, I'm Misty Prejean. Um, I'm a dual citizen, which I'm very excited about because I was born American and I just became French through naturalization by marriage this year. Yay. Um, um, so yeah, that's, that's like a huge accomplishment, um, for me in my life. And, and it was definitely a life goal, mm-hmm. I'm sort of like this small town girl and my life really, it, it drastically changed after studying abroad in France. And so, you know, I've had lots of other experiences and travels that influenced my life, but nothing like my experience in France. Um, so a little bit more about who I am. I'm uh, an assistant professor in the Northwest U.S. and coordinator of a university program. Um, my master's was focused on linguistic anthropology. I used to teach anthropology quite often, but I'm about to get my doctorate in political science this fall. So I'll be transitioning to teaching more political science. Mm-hmm. Um, and really excited to be graduated because I'm a mom and working full-time as a mom, uh, doing a doctorate is not sustainable. So really excited to don't tell me that I'm in my first year. (laughs) I'm so sorry, Heather. I'm so sorry. I don't want to hear this. I I know, I know your work ethic and I know you and you're, you're going to be just fine. I know that for sure. (laughs) It's doable, right? It's yeah. Yeah. So, uh, let me tell you who's in my family. Mm -hmm. It's, um, my husband, who's a French national, Geoffroy, and we have a two and a half year old daughter, Maeve. And Geoffroy just got his American citizenship last year. And so he's a dual citizen. And Maeve was born with dual nationality. So now we're all three French and American. Amazing. Exciting. Okay. Did he have to wait or did he wait so that she would have dual citizenship? Like if he still kept his French citizenship only, did she automatically get it? Or if he had both and you had both? Would she have both? How does that, how does that work? Yeah, 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 I do know. Okay, so, um, and we had to look into this. We had Mm -hmm. to really um, ask a lot of questions. So when Maeve was born, Geoffroy was already a dual citizen. But because he was a French citizen, um, France will always recognize the, you know, French citizenship. Uh, He didn't have to like relinquish it to France. Mm -hmm. The U.S., they only recognize that he's American. So he had to sort of relinquish his U.S., I mean, his French citizenship. Mm-hmm. Um, so 
when she was born, she was just automatically French. And I had to email the, the embassy, the consulate a couple of times and be like, so how do I make sure that my daughter's French? And they're like, she is, she just is because her dad's French. Wow. And I was, even if he lives in the U S it's and- the, 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 the blood, right? Exactly. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. So yeah. So she was just born French and, um, it didn't matter that he had his American citizenship. So that was super, super exciting. Very nice. So even though she was not born on French soil, just having the blood makes her French. Exactly. Very exactly. Cool. And I was so jealous because I was like, wait a minute, I've been married to a French guy for like, at that point, it was like eight years. Yep. And you lived in France. <laughs> you yeah, speak French. Yeah. And so um, I, I definitely was jealous that they both had dual citizenship and, and not just jealous, but you know, if, if you've ever, I know you have, if you've ever traveled internationally with somebody that has a different citizenship mm-hmm. it's scary it's stressful they separate through- you um, yeah because and- we're not european but the europeans go one way the you know others uh, go another way and then you get separated yeah exactly. we've, had, we've had issues with that as well where yeah, they held one person know. up longer because they're looking through something and exactly it's super yeah. stressful so yeah having the same you can just both whip out the french passport when needed or the american passport when needed exactly so this is it's we're going to go travel to france this august and this is going to be the first time that my husband and i have traveled with the same citizenships and i'm so thrilled i'm and so excited. first time with the baby or no yes um so we've traveled with her nationally like you know domestically but mm-hmm. we haven't taken her to france yet so that's mm-hmm. gonna be wild i'm so jealous although traveling with a toddler not so yeah. jealous. <laughs> no, no, no. All right. So tell us a little bit more. How did you meet Geoffroy? This is when I also met you. So bring us back down memory. Yeah. Lane. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Okay. So I met Geoffroy. Um, I, I believe it was the first day that I got to France. Um, so yeah. It, so I, I arrived in France. Um, I got to well, I arrived in Paris and I, the journey from Paris to Le Mans, which is where you and I lived, Heather, mm-hmm. um, that's, a, that's for a different story. That was, I got lost and oh, no. really wild. It was so wild. Um, but I arrived in, um, the dorms and I started getting myself set up and it was my birthday. I was 22 years old. Oh. And I was like, okay if I don't put myself out here, because this was not my first time just living internationally. This was my first time living outside of my parents' home. Mm -hmm. And I just, it was like a huge step. And I was like, okay, if I don't immediately make friends right now, this is not going to work out. I was like, I can see myself just living in this really, really teeny, teeny, teeny dorm room. Oh God, how teeny they were. Yeah. You could touch everything in the bathroom like yeah. on the toilet, you could take a shower, sit on the toilet, use the Brush your teeth. You could do yeah. everything in like this tiny, I don't even know how many yeah. square feet it was. Oh, it was probably like three. It was probably. It was three. Yeah. So, um, I was like, if I don't immediately make friends right now, I am not going to make it through. And so I propped open my door and I sat a chair out in front of my door. <laughs> you did it. And, yes, I did. And, and outside of the door, there was this big stairwell. I know that you'll remember this, right? And so I sat there on the chair and as people walked up and down, I was just like, bonjour, 
with my very American accent. And I was like, let's just do this. And people were intrigued. They were like, this is weird. This is very weird. What's going on? And <laughs> I, I, I made some friends. I did immediately. Um, they were like, okay, what's going on? And immediately I could not speak French. So I'll, I'll have to tell you when you ask about my, my journey learning French, Yes, you'll realize at what point I was really desperate right here. So um, the minute that I spoke to them, they were like, Ooh, something's wrong here. She doesn't speak French. And where's so, that accent from? <laughs> yeah. And so, um, you know, I got across to them that it was my birthday and, and so they were like kind of singing happy birthday to me. And then down the stairs comes this very, very handsome French guy. <laughs> and, um, and he, so he walks down the stairs, he sees this big catastrophe of a birthday song happening and he stops and, you know, curious and he spoke English. Thank God. <laughs> Thank God. <laughs> because nobody else there spoke English. Um, or so, not very well, probably. No, it turns out, you know, he didn't live in the dorms. He was coming to visit his two friends who did live in the dorms at that time. And he just happened to be visiting them on my first day in France. And so he comes- On your birthday. On my birthday. Wow, well, you're getting sung bon anniversaire. So. <laughs> exactly. And he's like, hello. And he's got this, well, okay, I'm not good at- accent. Adorable British accent. Yes, he's got this oh. British accent. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I was just enamored. So the first time I saw him, it was like love at first sight. Um, and so I can vouch he is very good looking. Yes. And he had this long hair at the time. Just he was so exotic. Anyways, um, so uh yeah, that's how we first met. And he asked, um, he asked us to go to the discotheque. Do you remember going to the discotheque with him and his friends? Yes, I believe I do. What were their names? Remind me. Joan and William. Yep. Uh-huh. And um, and those two we're still in contact with because he those are his best friends. And so funny. So, yeah, we went to Yoan's wedding like a couple years ago and they just had a baby last year and William's got a couple kids. So we're in contact with those guys. That's so funny. Super funny. Yeah. So anyways, that's that's how I met him, but he had a girlfriend at the time. And so he um, you know, we sort of we sort of kept a friendship. He split went back to England. Um, I finished my semester abroad, went back to um, the U.S. And then I actually went back to France a few different times. And um, one time when I was living in Nantes, we reconnected. Mm -hmm. And and then it's all history from there, right? So, oh, let's get married. Okay. (laughs) Quick, 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 let's do this. No, but you got, I mean, it's such like a lovely story, like that you, I don't know, like love at first sight. And then I know. things didn't work out, but then they eventually did. And, you know, just the whole, the destin, like how destiny yeah. fate works out. Yeah, I, I would never have imagined. I remember coming back from France when I was an exchange student the first time and being like, I've got to get back to France. Like, I don't know how, but I've got to get back there. And so I did a little stint. Um, I was like a Department of State intern in Marseille. And that was just a really short amount of time. And then I came back to the U.S. and I was like, no, 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 I still shouldn't be here. So then I did the the teaching English to um, little kiddos. I know you did that too, right? Same thing. Yep. Yeah. And so I went back and and I lived in Nantes that time. Mm. That is 
yeah, that's when Joe Juan and I really connected and, and he was living in Le Mans still. So that was a two hour train ride. Mm-hmm. So I was doing train rides every single day for two hours. So yeah. I could, you know, live with him and, and be with him. You do crazy things for love. I mean, that's true. Still better than, you know, West coast of the U S I know. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Still closer. <laughs> so what did you like, what's your relationship to French? Let's start there. You said oh you, you did not, you know, speak much arriving. Uh, we only yeah. stayed, you and I only stayed a semester. Some people do a full year. So we only got four or five months, you know, immersion. Yeah. <laughs> so and we hung out with other Americans. So we, it was definitely, it was definitely not enough time to, to really get all the French that I wanted in my life. Okay. So, so French is definitely a second language for me. Um, I learned a lot of my vocabulary in the context of the university. Um, so, okay. I started learning French in seventh grade. Um, we could either choose Spanish or French. And my friends, were, you did that too. Okay. Same thing. Yep. Yeah. All my friends were doing Spanish and my older sister who I adore and always copied was she did French. And so I was like, you know what? my sister's cool. I'm going to be cool too. And I took a French class. We're so opposite. Mine was my (laughs) my older sister, who was a straight A perfect child and student did Spanish. And my mom spoke Spanish and I was like, okay, I'm doing French. (laughs) You both do Spanish. I'm going the opposite way. Yeah. See, and I was like the copier. I was like, oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I've got to be just like my older sister. So many of my students did that though, because they're like, my older brother can help me. My older sister is going to help me. So exactly. Yeah. More common. Yeah. I don't know why I was just being an outlier, but Uh, all right. It's it's good to be worked out independent. Yeah. So, um, you know, I was definitely not serious about French at the time, but then in high school, we were required to take French or no, not French, a language again, And so I was like, well, I've already got a small underpinning of French. Let's just keep going with it. Um, And by the time I got to college, I just took French again because I was like, this is going to be an easy A. It wasn't um, because I just, yeah, it's okay. (laughs) Um, But I, yeah, I wasn't really great at French in, in college or in high school or anything, but I started to take it a little bit more seriously because I started to get, um, you know, a little bit of taste of the culture through a couple of my French teachers that were actually French. Mm. There was one French teacher, Monique, that was so inspiring because she was like so fashionable in the French way of like wearing all black outfits, pairing it with some little pop of lipstick, not being self-conscious about wearing like the same outfit twice in a week. Mm -hmm. she just did what she wanted. And, and so her personality was really French too. You know, she was really blunt, quite critical of things that we might take for granted in the U S like our short lunch hours, lack of long vacation benefits, just things that French people enjoy every day. Um, she would sort of like introduce us to that and, and show us like, you know, um, she would describe these really quintessential things like, um, walking into a boulangerie or the concept of the French epaule like just little things that she would sort of tell us about. And I was like, oh, maybe French is kind of cool. Yeah. She's like, hey guys, it's better elsewhere. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> can exactly. I share this secret with you? Yeah. Yeah. Lunch can be two hours, not 25 <laughs> minutes. And you can enjoy a beer. And actually enjoy yourself in life. Yeah. And you're not going to be called an alcoholic. This is just like, you know, 
five weeks paid vacation. Hey, oh, can you imagine? Yeah. So, so that sort of inspired me. And at one point in college, um, the French club was really, really small. And our French teacher offered extra credit if we joined the club and I needed extra credit. So I joined the club and um, because it was small, I ended up being the, the president of the French club. And I had no idea how this happened, but uh, yeah, it was just, it was just wild. I was like, okay, well, I, I can't even hardly speak it, but let's, let's go for it. So as the president of the French club, everyone sort of just expected that I was going to go to France. And I was, I never realized that was like a possibility for me because nobody in my family had ever learned another language. Nobody had ever lived in another country. I was going to have to pay for it myself. Um, but I was like, oh, like this is something that I, maybe I should consider. And so I looked into it and I saved up some cash being a waitress and I took out a loan and I, I made it happen. So, um, studying abroad was really the moment that like my language took off. So as I told you, when I arrived to France, um, it was a huge shock. It was not so much of like a culture shock. Yes. A culture shock, but, um, it was a language shock because I, I was like, I have studied French since seventh grade. I've got this down. I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. I'm good. And it was this moment that I was on the train from Paris to Le Mans. And I realized I did not speak French. I really did not speak Mm. French. So when you get on the trains, right, you have to like compost your ticket or, you know, stamp it or something. Yeah. I don't even know what the English, I don't know what the English word is either. So composting. Okay. So, so, um, I, I got on the train and the story before how I got on the train was a wild mess. Um, so there was actually this guy, Steve, that helped me buy my ticket to get on the train because another guy had, um, had tricked me, swindled me into buying used train tickets. But anyways, it, that's another story. Oh gosh. First, because this guy, Steve was like, he yelled at the guy and he's like, what are you doing? He bought me my ticket. He put me on my seat in the train. So I'm on the train, but, um, I didn't compost my ticket because I didn't know I was supposed to. Oh yeah. That's like a total foreign idea. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I had never been on a train before, so I didn't, I didn't know anything about it. So the, the train guy, what do you call him? The controller? The conductor? Yeah. The master? Oh, the ticket, the ticket checker. The ticket checker guy. I don't know. So the ticket checker guy, he's coming down the train and the train's already taken off. We're already gone. The doors are closed. And um, so he comes by and he's checking everybody's tickets. And I was like, I got my ticket. I'm good. And I show him my ticket and he starts yelling at me. And that was when I was like, okay, okay, definitely don't understand him. And then I, I tried to spit out like a word or two in French, like as a response. And it was just like one of those nightmares where you're like, can't speak. I was so shocked. I was like, oh my gosh, I don't know what to say because I'd practiced these things like Jean m'appelle Misty, où est la bibliothèque? J'ai mon billet de train. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that wasn't enough. That is not what he wanted to hear. And so he's sitting there yelling at me. I'm like, oh, mortified, red-faced, just like, I have no idea what's going on. And that's when I realized I don't speak French. I'm really in trouble. Mm. So, um, you know, I, I did have experience reading French. I did have experience writing French. I had the grammatical underpinning sort of in my mind, but the speaking and the listening was just not there. It was just not there. 
So um, my education severely underprepared me for my time in France. Mm-hmm. But um, I, I met a lot of people. Oh my gosh, Heather, I don't think you know how much you helped me because your really? French superb. Yes. Oh my gosh. So, um, you know, I relied on friends for a lot of translation until I could get to the point where I could, you know, survive in French. So that was really like my immersion experience. It was definitely a struggle. Um, and I remember I was like doing these really crazy techniques. I was like, I've just got to learn French. I have to. So one thing I did every night is I turned on my little radio. We have, somebody left a little radio in my dorm when I moved in. And so I turned on the radio to like a French talk show. And I don't know if I thought that by osmosis or something, I was just going to soak in the language. Mm-hmm. Every night before bed, I turned that on and I actually slept with it on. I slept with the radio, the French talk show on every night. And obviously that's not how second language learning works, but it couldn't have hurt. It didn't hurt. No, you at least got the yeah. rhythms and the sounds. And- yeah. And I would say about two months in, I was laying there at night with my little radio on. And I realized for a second, I was like, oh my gosh, I'm following this conversation. Not extremely well, but I was like, oh, I'm following what they're saying. I think I know what the topic is of this of this chat show or whatever it was. Yeah, you got the gist. Yeah. And so that's when I started realizing like, okay, I'm, I am learning because there's no benchmarks really to show you like when you're in an immersion situation that you're really, really learning. Sometimes you're like, okay, I learned a new word or I know how to say a new phrase, but there's nothing to really show you like, okay, now you're fluent. Now you're not because obviously it's like, you know, this this sliding sort of continuum that you, yeah, yeah, we never feel like we're ever done. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, that was really cool. My time in living in France, that was really when I learned French and, um, you know, other things definitely helped. So my, my time learning French did not stop there. Obviously, once I got a French boyfriend, which is my husband, um, you know, I think there was always this joke of like, there, there were the walking dictionary or something like this. Mm -hmm. immediately your level of French will increase because you always have a teacher there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that, that was amazing. And so living with him now, I continue to increase, you know, my, my ability to speak French every day because he doesn't mind correcting me. As, as <laughs> so, most French people do not. Um, exactly. They're very good about like, <laughs> you said that wrong. Nope. This should be this. <laughs> exactly. You know, your accent was off here. Like, yeah. yeah. Oh my gosh, my father-in-law, so my husband's dad, he told me, um, and I think he was being sweet or something, but we were like just sort of talking about accents one time and he was like, well, yeah. And I mean, your French R will never be correct because you're American. And I was like, oh my gosh, it will, I'll work on it. You know, I didn't say that, but um, he was definitely sure. And and I I don't know how my French R is now. I'm going to go back and see him after not seeing him for two years. So I'm really going to try. Yeah. But um, yeah. No, Gar- gargle that- lots of uh, stuff. Before <laughs> <laughs> well, you guys leave. Can- <laughs> yeah. See if I can get like a little phlegmy throat or something. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, oh, so that's my, my journey learning French and I am so not done. So yes. not, of course we're never done, but tell us more. How, how is it between you and Geoffroy? Like, do you guys use more English, more French? 
how uh-huh. has how has that evolved? Because obviously at the beginning he was there <sighs> helping you with his English. He speaks English very well. Obviously, yeah. He's also improved his English, I'm sure, since uh, I last saw him. Definitely, definitely. So okay, when we first met, um, I mean, it was it was a lot of English because I just didn't speak French at all when I first met him. But you know, he was only here for a few weeks the first time I met him. So. Um, the second time that I met him, that was two years after my study abroad in France, when I was living in Nantes, um, I would say probably 50, 50, we were probably doing 50% English, 50% French, because I was really, um, I needed to learn French better. You know, I was, I was working in the schools. I was also working at a, um, like a biotechnology company as an English coach. And so I really wanted to have like a professional level of French. And so I was pushing like, okay, let's really speak French when we can. But on his side, he was like, same, I really need to learn English. Mm -hmm. I, you know, we, we sort of, we got engaged after like three months of dating, which to me sounded like absolute, just a, a terrible way to set things up. Like you should have a really strong foundation. You should know somebody for like five years before you get married. I'd always told people this. Yes. Like, yeah. Why do we have these don't... ideas though, that like time equals better relationship? I don't know. I think about this often and say, you could say the same with language. Like just because I've studied, let's say uh, Spanish for like 15 years and I've only studied Italian for a year, like I'm putting a lot more effort into Italian and like maybe it's going to get better than my Spanish. It's not about time per se. It's about about a lot of other factors. So absolutely. Oh my gosh. And, and I couldn't have been more wrong at the time. Like I, well, at the time I was, I was just so smitten that I wasn't even thinking about how this contradicted my personal philosophy about relationships. Right. But but then other people tell you, oh, it's just young love. Oh, you uh guys are naive. You guys are wrong. Uh It's not going to work out. You're from different cultures. There's so many reasons that you don't live in the same country. Exactly. Yeah. And, and we got so much of that pushback. So, I, you know, when, when we got engaged three months into my stint in Nantes, and so I had met his parents maybe two months previous. And when we got engaged, I remember his parents, we, we got engaged at their beach house in Normandy mm-hmm. and, um, it was, it was really beautiful. It was like in the sunset and, um, we came home, Jofa and I came home to his parents' house and he, he was like, we got engaged. And I remember the look in his parents' eyes was like shock and worry and not the excitement that I expected yeah. when, you know, I first got engaged for the first time in my life. You know, you I guys are all giddy. And yeah, and hopefully the only time in your life. (laughs) Right. Yeah. And, and his parents were sort of like immediately asking questions, like, how are you going to make this work? Um, where are you going to live? What do you guys, you know, this is not even possible really. And they didn't say this is not possible, but they were, they were trying to be sweet. They were trying to appreciate the moment, but definitely they were like, this is a bad idea. Oh my gosh. That's the worst. So, so that was really tough. So, Hey, we're hitting 10 years, this July 14 Bastille day. It's not done on accident. Um, So yeah, so we're hitting 10 years. So, I mean, it worked out, but anyways, we're talking about language. So let let me get back. So, so we were, we started out 50, 50 when we were living together in France. 
Um, but then eventually we moved to the US and that took um, some effort. We had to get him a visa and everything so that he could come over and we could get married in the US officially. It was a mess. It's not like on TV. Yeah. Um, unless you watch like 90 day fiance, maybe I've never seen this, but somebody, somebody I've was, heard of it. Oh. Yeah. 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 They were like, your story kind of sounds like 90 day fiance. Did he have to wait in France uh, to get his visa so that you guys could get married? And I was like, yeah. So anyways, he moves to the U S um, and, and he started college here immediately in the U S. And so then we really switched gears because he needed to improve his English ASAP. Um, so then I'd say we were probably, and we moved in with roommates to save money. So we were probably 70, 80% English and the other 10, 20, 30% French. Um, that was only to talk when we didn't want people to hear what we were saying. You know, it was just like this code language at that time. Mm-hmm. So probably for like three, four years, we, we really primarily existed through, um, you know, English. Then, um, let's see, something else changed our dynamic. We, we got to live in Peru for a summer, um, for my master's research. And so we started learning Spanish. Cool. So that sort of changed our dynamic a little bit because French and Spanish are a little more similar, um, than like Spanish and English. And so it sort of helped us speak a little bit more French. Mm -hmm. We were learning Spanish just because it was just easier, um, to move back and forth. And then, um, I would say after we had our, our child, after we had Maeve, so two and a half years ago, we really tried to kick up the French. And, um, so it moved back from being primarily English to a little bit more, um, French than previously, but still, I I'd say like, we're about 60% French, 50% English. Um, but I have limited capacity in storytelling or um explaining things that are in a different context than how I learned French. So when I'm talking about changing a baby's diaper um or you know their binky, no one ever taught me these words, this vocabulary hmm. when I was learning French or you know when I was living in France. And so I really have to switch back to English when I'm talking about yeah. certain things. So, um, and even if you learn the vocab, you don't know, there's just so much like the way you say things, the things that mm -hmm. go together, the songs that are sung, like it's more than just like replacing the word binky with whatever the word is. I don't even know because I don't know those words in French either, but, um, yeah, it's, there's, there's so much more culture of like how to raise a child, what things you say to a child, what songs you sing at what moment, you know, how you play like peekaboo, like, like there's like it's not always just like translatable. Like there might be a different game that they play, for example. Exactly. So. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was thinking like, okay, so I call my daughter like sweetie, sweetheart. Um, there's, there's these little terms of endearment, for example, that you use. Yeah. <clears throat> and, and I would ask my husband, like, how do you say this? And he's like, I don't know. I mean, there's not really that term. And then I hear, you know, we Skype um, his parents all the time. And so then I hear, my mother-in-law interacting with my daughter and it's like, she's using these cute little words like shoopinet. <laughs> what is shoopinet? You know, like shoe, like kind of like, yeah. Oh, I guess so cute. cute. Yeah. yeah. And then like the peanut on the end of it just makes it cuter. How would I know to ever say these kind of things? And so, um, 
you need to watch other moms, other uh-huh. French moms parenting. Like that, exactly. that for me was critical that we had. Um, so I, I mostly spoke Polish with my kids. I had friends. I had um, like three really good friends that all had kids. And I would just like watch them like hawks. Like I was like yes. listening to everything that they said picking up, trying to use the same expression. Like what verb did she just use to say that thing that like, I never know how to say that. Like I was like creepy spying on my friends all the time because I was like, we need to hang out so I can just like absorb how you parent. Cause it is, it's not, it's not something you can necessarily look up and there's not like parents on YouTube. Like here's how I parent in French. Like you can't really like, you can't really find that. You have to either know someone and watch them that this is like such cultural stuff that you're brought up with. Right. Watched, we watched other, you know, our own mother with us, our friends, moms, you know, we had so much exposure to that growing up that we don't think about it. It's, it's things that are so automatic. Totally. Like, yeah, I remember my mom singing me like these songs when I was little to, to put me to sleep. And so just like in my heart, I want to sing those same songs. Of course. And I can learn French nursery rhymes and I can sing them to my daughter, but like, you know, is is it really, is my heart heartfelt? I don't know. You know, like I, I do sincerely want her to learn French with all of my heart. And so I I definitely try, but I I'm not going to think of it at the moment. I'm going to think of like, you know, how can I comfort my daughter the best way I know? And, and it's always going to be my first language. So that's really tough. And I've also asked my husband, like, can you teach me nursery rhymes? And he's like, I don't know any nursery rhymes, Oh, yeah. but he does because the other day we, it was raining and we were walking outside and I was like singing this little, like it's raining. It's pouring. Yeah. The old and man so, is snoring. Exactly. <laughs> and I was like, Joffa, do you have any songs like that in French? And he's like, boom, he comes up with one. He's like, oh, what was the song? He's like something about a, a grenouille. He's okay. like, yeah. And so I was like, he does know these, he's got these in his head, but I've got to elicit it somehow. Mm. And, you know, I'm trying to learn these nursery rhymes. I'm trying to sing songs with her and stuff, but it's such a struggle. Because... Well, can we just talk about how parenting is a struggle? Like in ah! your first language, parenting is Oh not my easy. Gosh. And like, oh my gosh. also you were saying like, you're trying to comfort, like there's these moments that are difficult in and of themselves. Your child is screaming at you or crying or having a fit. You're not thinking like, how do I say tantrum in French? Like you're not thinking grammar right. and vocab. You're thinking like my child's having a fit. I need to do something. Stop the issue. Stop the problem. Yes. Yeah. Like we need to yes. cut this, nip this in the butt. Um, so like yes. language, it gets thrown out the window, like, which makes this yeah. whole multilingual bilingual parenting like so much more challenging because you've got multiple layers added on here of like parenting is challenging parenting in a pandemic is challenging oh oh is it yeah I mean okay so it's 7 30 in the morning you're late to take your kid to school and you have to explain to her why she can't wear her princess bell halloween dress are you gonna try and do this in french are you gonna do this in English because you know it's really fast? She's gonna understand it. She's gonna listen. And you need to get out the door. Yeah, you're gonna do it in English, um, unless you're amazing. And and anybody out there that's doing this, like, oh my gosh, kudos to you. I'm trying, but we're bowing down to those yeah. of you who. Yeah, totally, totally. Are 100 in your uh, second language. <laughs> totally. It's tricky. So um, one of the problems is that I make a lot of grammatical 
errors when I speak in French. And so when I say a lot, it's probably not like tons, but for me, I'm very self-conscious about it. So like gender, right? Um, so French nouns are either masculine or feminine. And so anytime you speak, you're, you're quickly needing to assess, is this masculine or is this feminine? Is a fork masculine? Is it feminine? How about a cup? How about a fridge, a chair? And so, um, I just make it up as I go. I just like go with my intuition and my intuition is not very great in terms of deciding what is, um, feminine and what is masculine. So like, um, my daughter will ask like, comment on dit, uh, banana en français. And I'll, I'll just sort of like spit out like whatever gender I think it is because I don't know. And I, I just want to like, you know, seem like it's natural to her. I don't want her to see me sort of like trying to figure out, like, I don't know how to say if it's le or la. And so I'll just go ahead and like throw it out there. Or and just so, say banane without saying it. Right, right, right. I, and I then Joffre can, can put the, the une or the an. Well, he's definitely, he's definitely always there to be like le, le, la. La mm. banane. I'm like, oh, okay, okay, thank you. And I do, I do sincerely appreciate that. Um, but I feel so self-conscious because I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm teaching my daughter incorrect French. Now I've studied second language acquisition in my master's and I know that kids will correct it. Oh yeah. It's okay. it's okay to teach them incorrect French. And so I know that it's okay, but I still feel really bad when I am giving her something that's incorrect. Um, so that's, that's definitely a struggle, but another struggle, just remembering to speak French to your child, like just, just remembering in general that mm -hmm. that exists in your life that you, you have that as a goal. It's so tough. Um, so my husband and I first, we were like, okay, every dinner, because at dinner we'll take a moment, we'll sit down at, all at the table and we'll talk with each other and it's face to face. And so we were like, this is a really good time to have some solid French interaction. Mm -hmm. So like every dinner, we're just going to speak in French and, you know, we can try to make that happen. But dinner is a time where we're having lots of discussions. And sometimes I'll be explaining something like that happened at work. And um, maybe I'm like, oh, so-and-so said this. And my husband will be like, yeah, but how did she say it in English? Because that really matters, you know, the, the way that she says something in, in a certain language. And so then I'll translate real quick and then I'll switch into English and never switch back to French. And we won't realize, you know, it's really fluid where we can switch from one language to another. And you don't realize, oh, I've just switched to English for the last three hours. Yeah. And, so, and that, we would do that all the time. And, and, and we wouldn't end up really speaking French during dinner because we were having so many communications about what happened in our world in English today. Mm -hmm. And so that's tough. Um, but the last time I talked to you, Heather, you were giving some suggestions too, like, you know, maybe just have a day, a couple days of the week where you just the whole day. Mm -hmm. And actually that's been really successful since the last time we've talked. Great. Yeah. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Um, so since the last time we talked, we've had Saturdays, Sundays, and Wednesdays, mm. Saturdays and Sundays, because it's not a rush. We don't have to hurry and, you know, we can take a lot of time to really focus on French. We can call, um, my in-laws and really focus on it. And then Wednesdays just because it's the middle of the week. Yeah. So, um, so there's not this huge gap in between, you know, yeah, the whole week yeah. is English. It's like, that would be a long time without French. Totally. Yeah. And now that we're going to France in August, um, there's some real pressure. Motivation. To yeah. Daughter. You have a reason yeah. why. Yeah. And, and because 
I, she's two, two and a half. I know that she doesn't have to have like these deep, serious conversations with any, because that just doesn't happen with a two-year-old, but I really do want her personality, her ability to express herself. I want that to be something that is communicated to her grandparents in French. It's so important. And I also don't want them to be disappointed that, you know, we're not carrying the culture and the language as, as she's living in the U S you know, I, I want them to be like, okay, you know, um, you didn't forget about yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. Misty's not just like French nationality for bragging rights, although, okay. Yeah. But, um, you know, but that I truly want to be French for so many other reasons, because I love the culture because I want to live the culture. Mm-hmm. I love the language. I, you know, I, I want to really make sure that my daughter gets to embody those things that are so important to our family. So now the pressure's on and we have seen some progress. That's great. Um, yeah. So tell us, okay. So she's, I mean, a two and a half year old does not have this, this huge vocabulary. You know, we're not talking about a 12 year old, but like does, how is her comprehension? Do you feel like without, if you stopped speaking French from now until the trip and you took her to France, would she understand her grandparents? Yeah. Um, and, and we've tested this a little bit because, um, I was so interesting. Yeah. I hate to do this, but I do test my kids in certain ways too. Like as if it's uh-huh. like, a, well, I mean, we're researchers, we're interested in, you know, second uh-huh. acquisition, but it's hard not to like use your kid as this Guinea pig. Like, Oh yeah. Let's see if you understand this song or like whatever you're like mm-hmm. using them as like a little test bunny, but 100%. Yep. And I'm not guilty there. I'm definitely, I'm definitely trying to untangle this. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll just say certain things to her in French. And then, and then she might like do something that is sort of like what we've requested of her. And so then you can sort of wonder, like, did she understand me? Or is it because I pointed at the cup, you know? So, um, the other day though, I was like, what did I say to her? Oh, I was like, um, uh, like we bought you a new swimsuit. And so I didn't translate it to her, right? I was like, on t'a acheté un nouveau maillot de bain. And she was talking to her grandma and she was like, mm-hmm. And I was like, qu'est-ce que ça veut dire maillot de bain? Right, what does that mean, maillot de bain? And she was like, swimsuit. And I was like, okay. She not only understood like how to translate maillot de bain to swimsuit, but she understood when I asked her, what does this mean, right? And and so I'll, I'll do little things like um, I'll ask her something like without using he uh, gestures, pointing. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll try not to use my nonverbal skills, my nonverbals to communicate with her to see like, okay, like, can you, can you go and grab that cup for me real quick? And sometimes she'll go and grab the wrong thing or sometimes she just plain won't understand. But most of the time, she knows what we're saying. She, and, and more and more, it's getting a little scary because sometimes we'd use French as like, you know, a code language, like, Hey, hide the cookies from her. I don't want her to eat any more cookies before dinner. And I did that the other day. And she's like, no, I I was like, Oh shoot. Right. So, so now she's without even testing her, she's showing us, okay, she's really understanding. This happened to us the other day, but with my son and spelling. So my mom and I, you know, he's, he's almost five. So we would always spell things in English, like, um, same thing, like, you know, spell the word cookie, like C-O-K-I-E-S. Like I put those away 
Um, and he, my son was like, where'd you put the cookies? And I was like, wait, how did you understand? Or like, you know, like we've spelt like different words that he uh-huh. understood. And I'm like, oh man, like now we can't do the spelling secret yeah. code anymore. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. funny when they, when they suddenly, it's so shocking. Like the first couple of times that they show you that they've understood when you thought it was hidden. Right. And when they're making progress on things that you didn't think you were working on them with, you're like, oh, that was not my goal to teach you this. And, but they learned it anyway. That's and great. Yeah. It's, it's rewarding, but it's also scary because it's like, oh, well now how do I hide the cookies from her? I'm going to have to start speaking in Spanish about galletas. <laughs> there we go. There we go. <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, um, my, my goal for her right now is to have her willingly and naturally speak in French without being prompted. Yeah. That's something that she's not doing. Right. So you're not worried about her understanding mm-hmm. when she's there. You're just worried more like, because so many bilingual kids will do that where they just, they always default to one stronger exactly. language. So you yeah, really want her to take initiative. Yeah. And, and like, so her grandma will ask her something. She'll say like, oh, time jolly robe. Like, I love your pretty dress. And, and then my daughter will like, sort of like, you know, she'll show her ro- her dress. She knows what she's saying. And then she'll say like, it's pink. I love it. It has flowers. And she'll just keep speaking in English. And we're like, mommy speaks in French. Can you speak French to her? And she just sort of doesn't. And so I'd love for her to respond in French. I'd love for her to, you know, ask things in French. What do your in-laws do at that point? Do they feign? do, Do, well, first of all, do they speak English? No. Okay. So it's really, that's an, that's not a false statement. Mm-mm. They really don't speak Mm-mm. English. No. So they, they should maybe rather than you guys saying it, have the grandparents be like, huh? J'ai pas compris. T'as dit quoi? Right. Like, what? I didn't understand that. What'd you say? And then, you know, like, cause that'll take it off you. Cause you guys are always going to be the ones right. na- nagging, push, you know, pushing French on her. So, you know, if it's really, truly, they don't understand like that, that is going to come up. And especially while you guys are in France, there's going to be plenty of people she meets that aren't going to understand. And, you know, as long as right. it's not authentic, like, huh, come on. Like, you know, like what? I didn't hear you. Yeah. Then, um, you can oh, do that. But like, if you and Geoffroy did that, she knows you speak English. Like you can't, uh-huh. fake, you can't fake that. Like you cannot pull one over even on a two-year-old. Right. But right. if your in-laws really don't, like they should like, let them say like, like I think in- that's interact a great with idea. her, interact and be like, you know like right have, have them take the initiative to kind of pull it out of her because I'm sure it's in there it's just not as easy to pull it's not right. as easy for her to get those words out so she's just going the easiest route because that's what we all do mm-hmm. <laughs> you know two-year-olds mm-hmm. to 22 to, to 92 we're all going to take the easiest route so totally yeah and I, I think that even suggestion. that I don't know how long you're staying in France but I bet you're going to see a huge improvement after because she's going to have so many interactions where mm-hmm. she's going to realize, oh man, nobody here speaks English. Um, so she'll eventually like catch on that. Yeah. You know, this is a really important language. Like I really, I'm going to start right. French more and she's only two and a half. So people aren't going to expect a lot. So I think even with like a few things that she says, you know, if people are very positive, I'll, I might also talk to your in-laws because the French are so like well-known that they they're going to correct. They're going to overcorrect and want everything right. to be perfect. And, you know, that's how they are. I would tell them like, you guys know her French, you know, she might make a couple mistakes, maybe just let it slide. Don't say anything because we're trying to encourage and not discourage. And we don't, right. like, I would definitely like 
forewarned because if they're gonna just do their like typical French, like, oh, c'est pas le banane, c'est la banane. And then like, she's gonna be like, oh, I don't wanna speak All French. All self-conscious, right. Yeah, so right. you don't wanna instill like a fear of French. Um, so Definitely. have them be super encouraged. Oui, la banane, you know, there's ways of uh, correcting without it being so obvious. You know, you right. don't have, and you don't have to say no. Or... They can say oui, la banane. Uh-huh, uh-huh. banane. C'est quelle couleur la banane? You know, there's ways mm-hmm. that they could like repeat the word la banane like six times for her to get it without saying right. no, c'est pas le, le banane, c'est la banane. <laughs> right. Yeah, so. yeah. And and I I do think that experiencing people that don't speak English, that's really going to like sort of change the paradigm for her, like her conceptualization of language, because she's not run into anybody that doesn't speak English yet. Yeah. So, and and you guys are the bilingual. (laughs) So she knows she can get away with a lot with you guys. Uh Yeah, no, that's, those are really good suggestions. We're definitely going to implement them. And um, I do think that we should have a, a discussion with his parents before we get there about like, okay, you know, let's really don't try and translate things. Even if you do know the word in English, because yeah. people are excited to show that they know some English. Yeah. So even though they don't maybe speak English, they've got some vocab mm-hmm. and yeah, we'll definitely have to say like, okay, let's not translate. This is her- for her to get like maximum hundred percent French. You know, my yeah. in-laws, my in-laws obviously speak English because they live here. But uh-huh. they, they would confuse, and actually my parents as well would confuse my kids at times. So kids, you know, they keep things pretty like in their head. It's like, okay, this person speaks these two. My parents speak uh-huh. two languages. This grandparent speaks English. This grandparent speaks French. Right. My, my dad would come in and he would say it to them in Polish. Hey, yak shamash. And the kids would be like, what? Why is my English speaking grandpa saying, how are you in Polish? And then right. my, my Polish and, you know, the in-laws that speak Polish, they'll use English and be like, how are you? You know, like, oh, uh-huh. like, did you fall? And I'm like, no, don't speak English. Like we're right. in America, speak Polish to them. <laughs> so like, and the kid, you could see the kids, like when it first would happen, they would like, they would just kind of stop like, and Like what's look. going on? Like, wait, that's not the right language. Uh-huh. Um, because 99% of the time this person speaks Polish with them, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. But then this, this one easy phrase, they would use English and I'm like, don't, you're confusing them. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, because they put them in this box. Like, okay, you're, you're yeah. Polish speaking, you're English speaking, you're, you know. And if you're a full bilingual, then they can use either. But like, if you're uh-huh. just, just going to throw like a one sentence out, like, c'est la vie but like you don't speak any French like that's right. gonna confuse the kid because they're gonna be like wait do, do you speak French can I now use French with you or like yeah was that, a, was that a one-off you know so yeah I saw that happen often with my kids and you know my dad was trying to be like look I know this one sentence in Polish and same with the in-laws like you see a little kid that's like you know asking for something and and you don't know what they want of course you're going to try and help in any way you can so I can see this happening you know naturally they're going to try and translate naturally. They're going to try and use an English word or two. And that's also with adults. We do that. And adults feel so happy. Like, Oh, thank, uh-huh. thank you for making the effort for me. But like a kid right. is just like taken aback and they're like, huh? Wait a minute. Yeah. <laughs> My so, worldview is confused now. So I'm, I'm really excited. I do think, like you said, that that time that we spend there when she comes home, hopefully her perspective on French is, is really different. And she does see it as like important, you know, it's amazing. And you know what you should like, take pictures of like all the family members and like make a little book because it, yes. you know, you could be like, remember this person speaks French, you know, this uncle, 
you know, uh-huh. this aunt, all of these people, like, you know, it's not just this language that like we sometimes speak here, but like you have people in your life you need to speak it with. Like, right. Remember, like your, you know, Tonton, whatever his name is, like your uncle doesn't speak any English. Um, uh-huh. so, like, you know, uh-huh. there's like a real like reason you could like make a little book of all like the f- French family, and, you know, just like uh, making it real because when you're growing, you know, growing up here and you're surrounded by English and like mom is like well no say it in French and you're like why why Why? do I exactly why why do I need French right now yeah why does she keep pushing this yeah that's right I I really like the idea of tying it to important people in her life and she's got like um, she'll love like if it's like a picture of her with them you know like uh all the members because she's you know she's little she's not gonna remember but later on you know my kids are obsessed with videos and pictures of them so like right if you have like a little you know picture of her with the person and like remember going and you went to their garden or like whatever like small thing that she might remember they had a pool they had a dog um right oh those those things it's amazing idea they say kids don't have memories but like my daughter oh yes you know they're they're under five but they like will tell me things and they'll say remember yesterday when we lived in Canada and I was like yeah that was like months ago but like yeah okay yes and like remember our old house that we were in yesterday and I'm like that was a year ago but yeah so like their concept of time is not there but they have the memory they have them yeah she she pulled that the other day she she said something like um I can't remember oh we went to Denver and we went to a zoo there Mm -hmm. she said the same thing she was like yesterday when we went to um the Denver Zoo (laughs) calls it like Codorallo instead of Colorado. She's working on it. It's so cute. So She's Codorallo. And we saw the animals at the zoo and we were like, gosh, that was like four months ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I definitely see she's got that strong memory. I know she'll remember France because yeah. it's going to be impactful. In a, and a you'll have way. pictures and other things to prove. And- yeah. Yeah. But- I'm so excited to bring her there. So lots of video, take lots of video, take everything off your phone. So you have, I know, right. I don't have to like purchase some, some space so I can just film every moment. Especially all those cute things. Like you were saying, like how she says Colorado, Uh, my son would say, instead of ketchup, he said Chepu. And like, those have like stuck with us because like, (laughs) they're just so cute. And like, remember when you were little and you said Chepu instead of ketchup and like, oh my God just so so cute so yeah there's there there are joys to to bilingual parenting or just parenting in general what were your thoughts um I know you said you're self-proclaimed like small town girl you know Uh you know the wet the western part of the U.S. and like France was like that first big eye-opening trip like did you ever consider like you know you were uh first with Joe Fly I know things moved quickly into marriage but like Uh what what were you thinking of like people who have bilingual kids, bilingual parenting, did you ever think, did you see yourself like raising a bilingual child? Never in my life. I wanted to, um, I hoped that that would be something that I could do in my life. But like, I never thought I would be bilingual. Mm-hmm. Um, it just, it just isn't something that my, my family was into. And, um, so So I just never thought that this was something that I was going to do. But when I was in college and I started learning, you know, I was studying anthropology and I was learning about second language acquisition and, you know, just linguistics in general, I I was like, oh my gosh, language is so important. I've got to learn a second language. And so the moment that I, I really was feeling fluent in French, I knew that if I had a child, I had to teach them French 100%. Um, but I, I definitely, um, 
didn't know how I would do it because Mm -hmm. if you're married to somebody that also just only speaks English, that's going to be really tough. Right. And, and so, I mean, like, I think you are, are this French speaking parent, right? Well, not really. So we mostly did Polish at home. Right. right, right, I I did not do French. I tried like really early on. And I, Uh I, I came up against that same wall that you mentioned how we could do all of academic French, you know, uh-huh. I got a master's in French, did all sorts of things in French, but I don't know the basic words like bib, right. bottle, diaper, you know, diaper. And yeah, of course we talked about this already, how you could look those things up, but they're not like culturally instilled. Right. And it, it was super weird to me that I had this super high level of French and I didn't feel comfortable speaking it to my child. And I had a intermediate level of Polish, like a B1 at best. Right. Uh, but I had been exposed since, since I knew, um, since I had first met my husband, he had a five-year-old brother. Then his sister had a one month old baby uh-huh. and there were always children around. Like that's just, it's like a big Polish Catholic family. So there was always children. His friends are, are a little bit older, had kids first. Right. And I knew like Polish, like the way you talk to a baby, like it felt, it didn't feel comfortable like English, but it was like, I, can, More. I think I can do this. Like I'm a little closer Right. Um, and we decided to just do minority language at home. And that was super weird to me because my Polish was not good. And I had all those same <laughs> qualms that it was like, I'm going to teach them bad grammar. There's right. seven, there's seven cases and I mess them up all the time. Or I just like stumble. I'm like, uh, how do you, hmm, what is, you know, like I'm missing right. so much vocab. Like it, yeah, there's just so much, you know, so many reasons why I could have said like, not going to do it. I'm going to do it wrong. I'm going to mess it up. But then I was, I was the stay at home parent. So I was like, well, I'm the one with them. It's me or nothing. (laughs) 24-7. So they're either going to get this shoddy face in Polish or nothing. So I was like, exactly, probably better than nothing. And then, you know, hopefully dad will fix everything that I've (laughs) put in the wrong spot. Right. Um, Yeah. I mean, I guess that's, that's sort of where my mindset was when, before I was married, before I had met Jofla, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to teach her what I can. And maybe she's not going to be super fluent, but she can have like this, this base. Exactly. Um, but, you know, once I, once I married Jofla, it was like, okay, this is going to be, this is going to be a piece of cake. I, I figured she's just going to learn it. It's just going to happen. Just nope. like the way she was born, a French citizen. Yeah. It should just happen. Yeah. It just happens because because he speaks it. So I, you know, obviously I was very wrong about that. Um, because I, I just believed that if we were speaking French around her, it was just gonna, she would pick it up. Leave it. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. But it's really not like that. She might pick up, you know, basic understanding of it, but it really is this concerted effort. Like you actually do have to try to get your child to speak back to you in French, to get them to be interested in it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, that after having Maeve, it was, it was definitely something um, changed in me that was like, I, I really do have to like put some sort of different effort towards teaching her this mm-hmm. language because otherwise it's, it's just not going to happen. Yeah. Well, my, my best piece of advice like the thing that worked the best for me because when I did start to do French with my kids it was before going to Canada trying to get them ready because I was so uh-huh. afraid like they're gonna have nothing and be lost at daycare 
Right. And they, my son resisted. So he, at first I would speak to them in French and I would just, you know, super like little things and just be like, est-ce que vous avez faim? And I would like explain, mm-hmm. you know, I'd translate, explain, like try and like mimic and show. And he would just say, no, he would say, nyeh, nyeh mama, nyeh. like he would say, no, 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 don't speak that language. Like, what are you doing? Cause he was already comfortable Polish or English. He was good with those two, but he was like, what, what are you doing? And he was resistant. My daughter was too young to have like an opinion. So for a while I just played music and I was like, right, we're just gonna, you know, you guys always want to listen to music. And it was not like me directing questions and trying to get them to speak. I just was like, let's listen to these songs and music Mm -hmm. worked so well because it was, you know, it puts you in a good mood, you know, as long as it's a happy song. And even like some of the ones that are like, there's some songs in French that are like kind of sad, but then they get happy and sad and they go through emotions. Um, One of my, the ones that my daughter loves the most is about like this bunny mon petit lapin and he like uh-huh. il a du chagrin and like it's like very like oh. it's like sad but then all of a sudden it goes saute, 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 mon petit. and she loves that song because there's like this <laughs> whole like sad slow and then it goes fast 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 jump 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 right um, so like we would listen to just lots of french songs and first of all it's great because it takes pressure off of you same with you know polish for me i was like right just listen to this native person sing the grammar's um, on point it everything's rhymes. everything's great um, uh-huh you can fake sing <laughs> try and sing along <laughs> and they're getting like good input and it you know lifts the mood and my kids to this day like they still i was playing with them the other day on a trampoline and we were singing french songs because they just right. love them like there's like one about like a um, this like wolf in the forest is going to eat us or something. I, there's like lots of good ones and they don't even, my kids really, they don't speak a lot of French, but like uh-huh. songs are so good. So I would say like totally. amp, amp up the songs. Cause then you can sit back and you know, yeah. enjoy and it. I, as well. I definitely, I rely on songs. Um, like when we're in the car and I'm trying to entertain her, I'll rely on songs to help me like keep my grammar correct the rhyming helps me too, because if I'm like, oh, what's that word again? It's going to rhyme with this previous word, yeah. you know? And so that definitely, that's a good that's a repetition. A good yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And if we ever have her watch TV, we have her watch it in, in French. We did and, that too. It was like hundred yes. percent only yeah. minority. Yeah. Language. Yeah. So that's something I feel like, okay, that's, that's pretty solid. We've always got that, but, um, you're going to have to send me the little, the little bunny song. Yes, I will. I'll send you, I have tons. Okay. I actually did a program like bilingual songs in French and Spanish. So I can send oh. you, I have a PDF with like links. So I'll send you both of those. Oh yes. I would love that. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. perfect. Now everyone's going to be emailing me. Can I have I know. <laughs> And I will share with whoever would like it. Um, it was like a library thing that I did and um it was fun but like I had to look up all these songs um and learn them and things because I was singing them little kids very fun um and it was like it was a good time because my kids were little so it was like if I'm gonna do this kid research I you know you know me I don't really like teaching kids um I Uh taught little kids when I did the assistantship like six to twelve and it realized that's not that's not my age group I feel you high school and college and you know adults Um, but it was like, this is the stage of life I'm in right now. I have toddlers. So let's just like gung ho <laughs> teach yep. more toddlers. Mine just will apply it. <laughs> yeah. It was like, you know, things fall into place. Someone asked me to do this job. Like, okay, I don't really want to, but I will. And yeah, it, it's all good. It got my repertoire of uh, French and Spanish music. So now I just got to figure out all the Italian songs for myself. And then, Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's never ending. Right. I know. Any tips for other non-native parents like us <laughs> or future people who want to be you know 
like you were saying, you, you never thought in a million years you'd have a bilingual kid. And then when you, you know, were learning French and became fluent, you did want to. So any tips for right. like us who yeah. kind of aren't so sure about ourselves, but want to do it yeah. anyway? I would say, okay, like first thing, first thing, start immediately, like start at birth if you can. And, and you can start anytime. Okay. Like obviously I started really learning French when I was like 22, I believe in my heart. Um, so you can start anytime, obviously, but if you can, if you have the opportunity, don't wait until your kid is starting to speak English or speak at all, like start speaking with them immediately, because that will get you more comfortable with speaking with them that will get their ear ready for sounds and things like that. So like definitely, um, you know, my, my method of waiting, I sort of was waiting until she was like speaking to start speaking in French. I don't think that that was, um, the best method. So, so don't make my mistake again. Um, yeah, research has proven you're not going to destroy yeah. their English by having them listen to another language person, you know, like, yeah, there's no negative effect on, you know, parents sometimes want to wait because they're afraid of what's going to happen to the, the first language. Right. There's right. no negative and effect. It's okay. <laughs> yeah. I've heard, I've heard people all the time and they're like, well, um, I don't want to speak, you know, Spanish with my kids because I don't want them to, um, have delayed English learning. It's a myth. No, it's, yeah, it's totally a myth. And it's like, I always try to explain to them, like, no, this is, you know, this kids are going to sort this out. This is good for them. Yeah. It's metalinguistically good for them to be conscious of language. Yeah. They'll figure it out. Yeah. So, you know, we have to sort of let go of those, those worries. Um, something else that I would give as a tip is, okay, adapt your flashcards. Something that we were doing, um, just a couple of weeks ago is I have these little flashcards, um, to learn the alphabet. Mm-hmm. And she can't read yet. So she's just looking at the pictures. I've got a hundred pictures that I can just say, what is this in French? What is this in French? And so I sort of like, you know, I don't have to buy cards that are in French. I don't have to buy cards in a certain language. As long as you've got like little pictures, mm-hmm. I mean, now they're my little French vocabulary cards. So that yeah. was, uh, I was, and if you need like, it, you could write the French, you know, if you're exactly. going to, if you're going to forget the word for aardvark, because obviously right. we would. <laughs> You can write the word in French above the English word aardvark, you know, things like that. I would do that as well. We have certain uh-huh. games. We would just, it didn't matter because they couldn't read that it said dog. We would just play and I would say chien and then, you know. Right. And right. same with yeah. books. If you can, if you feel confident translating on the spot totally. and don't, you don't need to translate word for word. Just translate the gist. Just say, you know, just say something. Look, there's a dog in a house, you know, make it super simple. That's what I was doing. Okay. So we have some books in French that Chopin's parents sent over. We've been having a really hard time actually getting books in French that are not French Canadian because it's a different dialect and we don't, we don't speak that dialect and we don't want to teach the dialect that Mm. we're familiar with. So it's been really hard for us to get books in French actually. Um, So we had the grandparents send over some books and some of them are really high level. Um, You know, maybe they're for five, six year olds. And so not only is that maybe problematic for my daughter, but it's problematic for me reading because sometimes it's, it's not natural. And so I, I sort of adapted these. I was like, oh, we're going to read these books. They've got pictures in them. So yeah. I'll open the book up. I'll tell my own story in French about what's happening, nice. right? I'll go through there. And so that sort of is, is a way that I'm like adapting materials to fit my level and to fit my daughter's sort Perfect. of range. Yeah. So yeah definitely in the target language use what you have yeah like we don't mm-hmm. need to get new things more stuff we can use what we right have. right totally totally yep yep all right one last thing 
could you teach us a word or phrase or an idiom or just something, yes. maybe something you say to Maeve often in French? Can you teach it to us? Yes. Okay. So um, it's on la petite va tu va. So like when the literal translation, like when the appetite goes, everything goes, or like, you know, when your appetite is good, everything is good, right? So it's actually from a song from Asterix et Obelix. It's like this French comic book series. I think maybe it's cartoon too. Mm -hmm. um, I never really got into it, but my husband taught me this phrase and, and we really actually use it like in our family to gauge our family's health. So, you know, like if our daughter's sick, but she's still eating well, we're like, okay, well, quand, quand va, tu va. like she's not so sick that she's not eating. So mm -hmm. she sort of feel all right. Or, you know, if somebody has like a bad day, um, or we're not feeling well emotionally or something, maybe you don't feel well enough to eat. And we kind of apply that phrase and be like, okay, well now you're eating. So things start to maybe it's getting better, better. Yeah. And so everybody knows that the French language, French culture is really surrounded around food and eating. And so I really love this phrase, um, because it's this big cultural aspect that is brought into our household. So often it's like about eating, like yeah. if we're eating well, we're doing well. So I really, really, that love is so culturally relevant for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I really, really love that phrase. And there's, um, I know, I think it's Korean when I was learning uh -huh. it. One, one way to ask, how are you is like, have you eaten? And like, right. it, it's a very cultural thing. Cause like, if someone asks you that in English, it doesn't necessarily just mean like, how are you? Like we would right. be like, well, yeah, I had a bagel, like, <laughs> you know, like we'd answer uh -huh. like literally, you know, literally. So it is very culturally relevant, like the way that a, a language talks about these sort of things. So yeah, yeah I love that. And I didn't actually know that phrase. Uh -huh. it, it makes sense. It totally makes sense. So I like it. Yeah, me too. And I guess, you know, if you, if you, the, the Korean phrase is really interesting to me too, because like, if you can't recollect like the last time you've eaten with somebody, it's like, oh, you've had a busy day. Maybe you need to take some time. That's really, that's really cool. That's interesting. Okay. Yes. Yes. Yeah, so. It's kind of like the mom, like checking in on you. Like, did you right. eat today? Right. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. So there's so many other phrases and things in, in French that I definitely, um, could talk about. Like I, every night when we tuck my daughter in for bed, um, my husband will have these, the same phrase every time that he says to my daughter, he says, bonne nuit, good night, je t'aime. And then she'll repeat after him. So he says, bonne nuit. She says in her cute little voice, bonne nuit. He says, je t'aime. She says, je t'aime. And then he says, fais des beaux rêves. Like, have sweet dreams. Mm -hmm. She says, fais des beaux rêves. And she, she only started to say the last part, like maybe a few weeks ago. And so, you know, we're sort of seeing this progression, even in these little nighttime rituals and things like that. So those are, that's sort of the sweet combination of words that I think I'll always remember is just yeah. like this. Bonne nuit, je t'aime, fais des beaux rêves. So and nice. I hope that he says that to her for the rest of her life. <laughs> that's so sweet. All right. Well, everyone get your tissue out. <laughs> okay. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> no, that's so sweet. Well, thank you so much. It was such a pleasure, of course, talking My to you. Pleasure. And My pleasure. And learning about, you know, your little family and how you've incorporated French. And I think your story is just so inspiring because like you said, you, you arrived in France and you were like, you realized you don't speak French the way you thought you know like we think yeah. we have this high level and then kind of reality slaps us in the face sometimes oh so. yeah but look at like now you're a French citizen dual citizen raising a little bilingual so yes we made it something yeah. accomplished here yeah <laughs> the fight's not over
<laughs> a couple more years, you know, lots of parenting for the rest of our life. But oh yeah, that that part. Oh yeah, that. Well, <laughs> but yeah, we'll get it, was, there. it was a pleasure. And you know, if you ever want to come back on, you're always la bienvenue. Merci. I would love to anytime for any topic. You just let me know. All right. You'll update us uh, on the trip and, you know, as Maeve progresses her, her languages. Yeah. Cool. I know we'll have a lot of new um, news after we get back from France. So I'd be so happy to talk about yeah, that. Keep, keep notes, keep videos. You know, I want to hey. hear <laughs> fellow from fellow researcher to fellow it's researcher. It's a deal. <laughs> <laughs> gotta document the whole trip i know it's, right. it is fun though so enjoy it amusez-vous bien have a great time merci bon voyage merci à bientôt j'espère oui j'espère bien sûr <laughs> we will be in touch all right thank you guys for okay. listening bye